All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. We are back in the bathroom. What a good place to be. <laughs> we have with us today, what, what was your name? Uh, my name is Hugh Djibouti, and my shorts are way too tight. <laughs> well, I am Seymour Butts, and you can check out my new book, Under the Bleachers, coming to shelves soon. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> it was pretty dumb, but I'm going to stand by it. Ha! <laughs> ha! Oh, boy, that was funny. <laughs> yeah. Man, I feel like I haven't seen you today at all. Yeah, it's been a really long day. Um, it was a good day, though. But pretty much went to work and then worked through lunch at another job, um, which pretty much took up the whole lunch break. And then right after work was done, I had a drum lesson with this kid. Um, you said I had drum lessons? I did. This Man, kid, that's awesome. I swear, he was a straight-up crackhead. But super funny. But it was like we would play something, and then he would just drop the drumsticks and just start sprinting circles around the room. What? I'm like... I'm like, okay, um, come come back. We, <laughs> we got to do this. He picked it up really fast, though. It was honestly really fun. He was like the first drum lesson I've ever done on my own. Really? And so, yeah, he picked it up really fast. It was really cool to see his progress. Yeah, but, I feel yeah. like that's a good, that's a good like, funnel for a lot of vibrant and big energy. Oh, yeah. And it's just something that, that I love doing, and I love seeing other young kids right. also love doing it. Um, and kids that are like picking up really fast. And so I thought that like me trying to get this kid to settle down was be like, man, he's not going to want to keep doing this. Right. And then it ended up where he was just like, his mom came and she was like, did you have fun? He was like, yeah, I loved it. Can't wait to come back next week. I'm like, okay, this is a mission accomplished. Nice, man. Yeah. That's good to hear. It's good. It's good to have like people that want to invest in younger people. And I was actually reminded of a story today. So while Donovan was at the drum lessons, uh, I was at I was at the house by myself and I found my juggling balls, mm. and I was just re- the old flame was rekindled so to speak. The juggling flame is a is a fiery one. It's a fiery, fiery, fiery flame. Fiery, fiery flame. I actually so I learned how to juggle. to juggle. Oh, to juggle! And not have a struggle. <laughs> I learned how to juggle at a Renaissance fair. Oh, do you know that? I, I didn't I feel know like that. I told you that story before. You know, we don't talk about juggling as much as we should. We, yeah, I mean, no, no, yeah, no, not even on the podcast, but in real life. No, just between the two of yeah. us. Yeah. So I was I was at the fair, right? And it was, yes, homeschool group, as you can expect. Right. So I just went off on my own because homeschoolers are lame. <laughs> but we're both homeschooled, so we can both say. I was homeschooled from start to finish. I get a free pass. Yeah, I was homeschooled from seventh grade to uh, being in high school until I started college. That's perfect. Then I realized college is for the birds, and I started going to trade. <laughs> but anyways, I go so I go off on my own, and I see these crazy, you know, sideshows and people selling wooden sticks for way too much. And there was this dude, and he was juggling like bowling pins. I think he had like some big knives, like machetes or something. And he uh, invited a bunch of kids on the stage, and he said, "All right, hold this stick." And then he was spinning a bunch of plates on the stick, as you do. And there was like five kids all holding plates, and I was amazed. Oh my gosh. And he was a really good juggler. So he said, all right, guys, that's my time. I'm going to be around back. And I was like, he said he's going to be around back. That was back when I was a huge extrovert, and I would go talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. So I went, out, I went around, and I was like, hey, dude, I really loved your show. Like, I've always wanted to learn how to juggle. And this dude, his name was Jeff, Jeff the Clown. Okay. And he was like, dude, I'll show you right now. 
And I said, no way, that's so cool. Mr. The Clown, could you please? <laughs> and he, like, had these professional juggling balls made of, like, real leather. They had millet on the inside. It's really fancy. Millet. What is millet? Millet's like a grain. Oh, okay. And it's used a lot in, like, high-grade, like, professional juggling balls. So this dude was legit. And he, you know, ah, worked with me. juggling ball millet. You should have said so. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. So he worked with me a little bit, and we did like the the side by side thing where I just drop my right hand or left hand, and I stand like shoulder to shoulder with him, and he uses the other hand. So you work on juggling with one hand that's mine that doesn't really know how to, right. and the other one. And he was super patient, and just wanted to show me this really cool thing that he knew how to do. And by the end of it, I was you know going, you you say six is. You can go one, two, like throw a throw one ball up in the air mm-hmm. six times, like one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. And that's it. Like that's the minimum amount, I guess. That's what it takes for you to call it a juggle. Yeah. That's what that's what Jeff said. Okay. And I was super pumped, but I was gone for like 45 minutes with this guy. <laughs> so I finally like te- my mom texted me and I went back over there and they were like, Where'd you go? And I said, I had a juggle from a clown. And they were like, Oh, okay. Because a Georgia Renaissance Fair, which is less than, you know, not sketchy. Yeah. (laughs) But after that, I went, I literally made my mom stop off at a gas station to get a can of tennis balls. Because to practice at home without purchasing $40 juggling balls, Mm -hmm. you take uh, a can of tennis balls and you cut a little bitty slit in them, just big enough for a penny to go through, and you put 21 pennies inside the juggling ball. Huh. That's what Jeff said. I didn't know that. Yeah, so for anyone who wants to learn how to juggle at home, but you don't want to, you know, drop 15 or however many dollars on a set, just go to Walmart, Ingles, wherever, wherever your uh, tennis ball dealer is. <laughs> just buy a can, and you need 42, 63 cents. You need 63 cents. Checks out. Yep. And then you just slide them in there, and then when you throw them, they kind of sit in your hand a little bit better, and if they hit the ground, they aren't going to bite and bounce around like tennis balls. Yeah. When I learned to juggle, I I just had regular tennis balls because our dog likes playing fetch a lot, and so we just had a bunch laying around, and so I would just, like, stand in front of a wall so that way if they started, like, flying all different directions, I could, you know, I could, like, throw them toward the wall and just kind of get the hand motion down, but right. then they'd, like, come back at me, and it's just easier to control. I'm not just running around the room chasing the tennis balls. Right. But, Connor, I want you to think back to the summer of 2019. Oh, goodness gracious. you brought your juggling balls. Oh, and gosh. I recall, I think I saw you juggling. And I I'm went sure. up. And you had four of them. I was like, bro, you ever done, like, tandem juggle? Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. That was, like, one of our first interactions. Man, that's crazy. You just, like, went in back into the memory vault. Bro, back when we were wee babes. Wee lads. Wee lads. Anyways. Not a hair on our chins. Not a hair on my chinny chin chin. Now you have hair on your chin. and I I have have several. And I have chin. Donovan, don't you have some responses from last week? I do. Speaking of Irish accents and leprechauns. Yeah, there was a good bit of people, um, two to be exact, who responded to... I have one, too. Oh, you have one. That's great. That's a whole three. Whoa, you could juggle with these answers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, to uh, what leprechauns leave behind? Uh, this answer is from Teddy, last name, uh, that I don't want to pronounce. Uh, he Sorry. says, a leprechaun leaves behind a Gideon's Bible and a prayer, as any good Christian should. 
Wow. I didn't know leprechauns were Christians. Neither did I. Sweet. Now, this next one uh, is from our boy, Blake Lacey. <gasps> so shout out to Blake Lacey for this response. But he says... Uh, he thinks the leprechaun leaves a crippling amount of national debt. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, why he thinks this, maybe I can tell you next week. I need to talk to him about it. Oh, but goodness. I think he's right because there is a crippling amount of national debt. And, and boy, howdy, those darned leprechauns. Those darned leprechauns keep coming around, leaving their debt lying around. We need to God. kick them out. As, as old St. Patrick ran the snakes out of Ireland, we need to run the leprechauns out of the U.S. <laughs> I... Well, Donald, what do you think leprechauns leave behind? You know that weird mushy moss that you just see everywhere? Yeah, I do, it's sadly. Re- it's really slippery. Yeah. It's like like a brown-green. Mm. I think that is leprechaun boo. You... <laughs> 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 so, yep, leprechaun droppings. Right leprechaun... So, mush- mushy brown mossy there's, boo. There's a lot of them around here. <laughs> I mean, in my professional opinion, dealing with leprechauns, I will. I would like to say, you know, if you're walking in the woods and you come upon, there's like a like a cut off tree. There's just a stump right there, and the sun shines down perfectly, and you just stumble upon uh, a bottle of cheap whiskey and stiletto knives. <laughs> that's what. That's leprechauns, man. Le- or leprechauns are not to trifle with. It's either leprechauns or the Lorax. <laughs> the Lorax, man. I haven't watched that movie in forever. It's so good. Man, good, a good movie will do something to your soul, man. That's what I was talking about with Aaron today. Oh, yeah. I and agree. a good movie that everyone needs to go watch, well, if you have the means to, is the, the Snyder the Cut. Snyder Cut. Zack Snyder's Justice League. Four hours of total redemption. We talked about it last what week a, a little bit in anticipation, and we did watch it literally the day after this was recorded. We sat down and watched it in two two-hour installments, and Donovan, man, I was thoroughly impressed. Yeah, I thought it was great. Uh, one of the things that I loved about it is the Martian Manhunter cameo. Oh, man, I should have said Dude, spoiler spoilers! Oh, my goodness gracious. Daggum. Listeners, we are so, so sorry. Wait, we can edit that in later. We can. It's I okay. guess so. We'll just bleep it out and be like, oh, I'll say it again. What I'm talking about is the Martian Manhunter cameo. Grow up. All right. Yeah, uh, spoiler alert. So, so, dang it. I forgot to say it again. All right. Spoiler alert. Martian Manhunter cameo. All right. I thought it was fantastic. Came out of nowhere. It really did, man. I was so over the moon about that. We, I mean, we were watching it together. I jumped up out of my seat, man. It was incredible. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I feel like one of the reasons why, why it was such a long movie was because... I feel like Zack Snyder just had a whole list of things that would be great to put in. And, you know, maybe Joss Whedon was like, well, we can't use all of those. And Zack Snyder's like, well, why not? Yeah. And so literally everything, every good idea he had about the movie, he was not worried about how long it would make the movie by putting it in. But he was like, let's just do it anyway. And it yeah. made it really great. It really I thought, did. I thought the four-hour-long version felt shorter than the two-hour-long version. It flowed so well. It flowed so well. That, that, that was one of the things that I had written down was this, like, Zack Snyder left so many open possibilities out of it. Like, I'm not going to go into them. Oh, yeah. But there are there are a lot of open-ended storylines. I mean, I hate to compare it, but like, like a Marvel movie, because Marvel has just created this high golden standard 
for the whole superhero movie. But Zack Snyder has given us what we wanted. Like, there's a ton of room for getting more superhero movies and getting a, an expansion of the DC Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. What was, what was one of the things you liked about it? So, okay, there's this is not a spoiler. It's just, I'm pretty sure it was in the original cut, too. Really? But there was just something like, Zack Snyder, I feel like he took a more serious approach to it. From, oh, yeah. I mean, from the trailer to the final moments of the movie, I felt like Zack had a very uh, serious approach to it and made it like a piece of cinema just to, uh, not appease, but to give fans what they desired. And one of the scenes in that I'm talking about, Aquaman is my favorite superhero. Right. And, you know, I grew up reading cool comics, but there's just something about the green tights and the orange spandex shirt with the blonde-haired, clean-shaven dude that you're like, it looks like Mermaid Man from SpongeBob. Yeah. And you're like, man, that's lame. Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. <laughs> to the Invisible Bug Mobile. <laughs> <laughs> but when that when Jason Momoa was announced as Aquaman, I lost my little 15, 16-year-old mind. What an attractive guy. He is. And the scene where he, there's a boat out in this huge storm, and he's radioing, mayday, 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 like, I'm drowning out here. And his boat's just getting hammered by these waves. Mm-hmm. And it's, the dude is hanging on for dear life to the side of the the side of the boat, and this wave just towers over him. And then lightning flashes, and you see the outline of oh. Aquaman standing on the top of the boat, and he's wearing a wife beater, jeans, and unlaced boots That's in the middle of the about. ocean. And then the neck, like it cuts, and he throws him down on a table in the bar, and he walks up to the counter, reaches behind the counter, grabs a bottle of whiskey, and says, "It's on his tab." Oh my! Gosh. And then he walks out. Drains the whole thing as he's walking out in slow mo, like Zack Snyder loves to do in Zack Snyder fashion. Yep, and he just drains the whole thing, throws it down, and then he stands at the end of the dock, and these waves just collapse over him. And I swear to you, that was practical. Like oh, yeah. Jason Momoa stood there and let the waves just eat him because it was amazing. It just showed like this raw strength of the ocean that Aquaman has, like, harnessed. Bro, I can see the chills on your calf right now. Oh, yeah. Like, it is so awesome. Like, I'm probably going to go back and watch it when we're done here. And honestly, I feel like that's something that Jason Momoa would just do, and maybe they saw him doing it, and they're like, oh, we should film that. That's, like, prime Aquaman stuff. But, no, he's just, like, he's such a free-spirited guy. He rock climbs all the time. He's such a cool. He's, he's such a cool dude. He's a cool dude. I'm glad you mentioned slow mo though, because that was one of my cons for the movie. Is there's so much slow mo? Yeah. But I mean, I don't know what I expected. That's just a Zack Snyder thing. That re- that's a yeah. That's a, just a director thing. You watch 300, Watchmen, all his other movies. It it really sets him apart, and he uses it well. I just thought it was in yeah. there too much. Yeah, of course, it is a lot for any movie. But you know, like Quentin Tarantino is a very acquired taste as a director, and I guess if you just I mean, I'm a big Zack Snyder fan. Yeah. So I love the slow-mo because, I mean, though it is gratuitous, he still uses it well, and it doesn't just, like, oh, my gosh, why does this scene need to be slow-mo? No, it's good. Like, like when he's draining the, the bottle of whiskey, it goes down so slow, and you're like, goodness gracious. Like, and the water, like, crashing over him, you could see. It's a wave, so it's moving wicked fast. Yeah. But you could see the drops of water 
in crystal clear detail like move across his face. And I just appreciated that detail so much. Right, and that's really the only con I had about it was just I felt there's too much slow mo, and that's just my personal preference. Other people would love that, especially yeah. like yeah, you like big Zack Snyder fans. Yeah, like you eat that stuff up. Oh yeah, man. But I feel like, and also what you're talking about with it just being a, a more serious movie. I think they had so much redemption with Flash's character. Oh, yeah, man. They, they still, like, made him a big goof. Yeah. But, like, they show some amazing hero moments with him, not just, like, he's just a klutzy guy who's fast. Whereas, like, in the first one, they only showed that scene of him in the gas station. Yeah. And just that little clip. And that's really the only hero moment we see of the Flash by himself. I and mean, it's only, like, a glimpse of it. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't even see what it does. We just see him disappear and then reappear. But there was that scene... At the beginning with the car. Oh, yeah, man. Y'all have to go watch it. But it was goofy. He had fun with it. It showed how fast he is. Oh, yeah. And really just how amazing his character is. And then at the end, I think was another good example where, I don't know, what does he say in the first one where he, like, rescues the people? He's like, Doslevsky or something. I can't remember. I don't remember the actual word he says, but it's like, they replaced that with such a good scene showing, like, his true power and how he's, like, Super smart about what he does. He talked about the speed force. Oh, yeah. And how... It lost. I, I got lost. Y'all just have to watch it because that's something that I actually don't want to spoil. But oh, for yeah. those of you that saw the first, uh, the Joss Whedon version, there are some amazing Flash redemptive moments in this one. Of there really just are. being super cool. He was honestly, I think, became in this next, in this, uh, the Zack Snyder version, one of my favorite heroes. Oh yeah, like they, the yeah. whole movie. They did. They did him justice. They gave. They us really the, did. The the comic book like quippy, like goofball, but so like neurotically smart, like genius level. But he's just so fast. Like, you you see it in his personality. Like he's just jumping all over the place. He's really smart. Yeah. But then when he's in the zone, man, he is one of the most powerful members because he's just he's raw power. Oh yeah. Like we've been talking about. Definitely. Another thing, like, I appreciated about it was really, it was fan service. That's all it was. Is he, like, Zach cut out all the terrible, terrible scenes. Like, right before we watched the cut last week, we looked up the worst scenes in <laughs> Justice League. And <laughs> the so worst bad. one, again, Aquaman, I'm going to talk about it. I knew you were going to say yep. that because it's what I'm thinking. Because he, okay, so everybody knows, if hopefully everyone has seen the original. If you haven't, go back and watch it then. Find somebody HBO Max, not a sponsor, and watch the cut. Well, Aquaman is, like, talking to Batman. He's like, nah, I'm not going to help you. I serve myself. And he walks out into the water. He wades out into this freezing cold, like, Icelandic Norwegian water. Yeah. And then he wraps his arm around his chest, and there's a green screen background, and he just jumps and flails his arm in the water. And you could tell it was a green screen. It was super cheesy, and it was awful. I don't even know why they did that. It was dumb. But in this one, you know, all that they show him wading out in the water and he's there's a little bit more dialogue while he's in the water. Mm-hmm. And then to add that mystery to it, it cuts to Batman and he's saying something or talking to somebody, and then he looks back and you just see like the ripples in the water. Bro, he pulled a Batman on Batman. He did. He just I did forgot that about disappearing that. Disappearing trick. Where it's just like he looks away and then you look back and then Batman's just gone. Oh yeah. Another th- that's that scene where they're talking to Chief. Uh, not Chief, Commissioner Gordon on top of the roof 
And I'm glad they kept that one because that was always funny. Where the Flash just didn't know to run away. <laughs> yeah, and like Commissioner Gordon looks away and he's like just talking, and he looks back, and they're all gone. And Flash is like, oh. Yeah, they do that sometimes, and he speeds off. I can't remember what he says, but I'm yeah. so glad he left Something that one. Something goofy. It was, so, yeah. It, it really added. It adds, okay? It does. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say about the about the cut is su- uh, it's, it's such a good movie. Now, it's daunting to look at a four-hour movie, but it's awesome. Uh, and one of the biggest things uh, is the, the villain. The oh, villain yeah. is The villain is still Steppenwolf. Mm-hmm. But they redesigned him, gave him a better look. It I thought so good. The the audio engineering and the voice acting on his voice. I don't know if they they probably still use the same audio, but they put. I sounded different. To it me. definitely sounded like it was the same audio, just an effect on it. Yeah, but, but it was if, a good. If you good hadn't effect. seen the first one, um, when I say the first one, I'm talking about the Joss Whedon version. Right. Um, I don't want anyone to think it was like different episodes or something, but. Like, if you hadn't heard his original voice, you wouldn't even know anything. Like, it was an effect or anything. Yeah, it's just, it's a good, it's a good change. And I would, like, the biggest thing isn't anything about the design or, like, the cinematography. Was the story. Because I felt like before, Steppenwolf was just a big, mean jerk. Yeah. You know, he was, he just wanted to conquer the earth and... He honestly just seemed like a grumpy old man. Yeah, that's he looked like a grumpy he old man like too. Like a grumpy old man, sounded like one. It was yeah, it was just a terrible character. But in this one, so in the trailer, like this is common knowledge, Darkseid is featured. Yes. And Darkseid's voice, you know, I'm a nerd for voice acting, but Darkseid's voice was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't have a lot of screen time, um, but what we did, we got a taste, and it was like, ooh, this guy's nothing to fear. Again, another open-ended storyline. Oh, yeah. But in this one, there's more of like a, a fight for Steppenwolf to regain something from Darkseid that he lost. Yeah. Like, there's a redemption aspect. Like, this whole Earth-conquering mother box thing gets him back in cahoots and back in his inner circle. And, you know, when he's in the dialogue between Steppenwolf and Darkseid, you just, you honestly feel sympathy you yeah, you know the villain is good if you can if you feel sympathy toward them. It's the same thing like for any of y'all who saw the Joker movie, like they made the Joker, even though he's still a villain, made him to where you feel so bad for oh, him goodness, in his yeah. circumstance. And it's the same thing with Steppenwolf. And they gave him such kind eyes. They okay. Biggest thing that I loved about Steppenwolf, he had human eyes. Yeah. And you know they say like in one of the YouTube channels that me and him both watch, Corridor Crew, really good uh, VFX artist channel, really really cool videos, very informative, really fun. Mm-hmm. But they talk about eyes when you're doing a an animated character, like a computer-generated character. Right. The eyes are so hard to get right. And I think before, I can't remember what his eyes looked like, but I know they weren't like human eyes. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there was a lot of emotion just how they did the eyes. Like, when he's kneeling before Darkseid, you just see this look of just, like, I want to come back. Like, just please, I will do whatever it takes just to get back. Well, it's so wild because they literally made Steppenwolf so much scarier and just, they they really, like, stacked him up with, like, a new scarier voice, 
yeah. cooler armor that makes him look bigger, and it's all sharp and pointy and shiny. Mm-hmm. So you'd think they would have gone completely in the other direction with uh, everyone just being like, man, this guy is so bad. Yeah. But then they add in the kind eyes, and they just go back completely the other direction with something so small, but it yeah. works so well. Yeah, man. And th- it's crazy that, you know, you see a lot of just hate towards someone like that or like a villain or someone like that and then counter it with the sympathy that gets put on him. I mean, you hear the same stuff about like our president right now mm-hmm. with all the stuff that he that he's doing. Uh, he's just running the country. Uh, but one of the things that I think is, you know, strange and doesn't get talked about a lot is in current events, like, I feel like we're, so me and Donovan both live in a community of very, very strong believers. It's just really, we're surrounded by good fellowship and good theology and good doctrine yep. in most of our conversations. Um, but one of the things I just think is worth talking about in light of current events is like what our response should be as believers, right? Yeah. Our response toward like our leaders. Yeah, our leaders and decisions made, yeah. good or bad. Yeah, so um, I've been reading in First Peter, uh, I was reading in chapter 2 this week, because where I work, I do this program called Servant Team, just starting it this year. Um, it's for high school students during the summer, and we'll come through, and we're walking through uh, a book of the Bible during the whole summer. So right now I've been studying up on that, but uh, what he talks about in First Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 18, is he says, says, Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing, when mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. Man. But, mm. I, hang on, I have another passage um, that mm-hmm. comes from... Uh, Romans 5, verse 3, where it says, uh, he says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And this hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. So basically what this saying is like, we can honor the Lord by honoring the, the emperors or leaders he's put before us, whether they're good or bad, like... Just we, or unjust. Like, regardless of how our leaders are acting, we need to stay faultless in the fact that the Lord has put them in authority. Um, now, if leaders are telling us to do something that goes against God's word, God's authority is higher above the presidential authority. Um, right. And so we honor God by honoring his word, and what his word says is to honor authority, um, ju- just or unjust. So I thought that was a really cool, that'd be a really cool discussion to have. Yeah, it's it can be a tough thing, like, especially when there's, you know, I wouldn't say attacks, and I wouldn't even call it suffering, because suffering is such a powerful word with a lot of meaning behind it. Yeah. Uh, but there is a little bit of, there, there could feel like an attack coming from uh, the leaders of our country right now, just on the core, the core beliefs and some of the things that we hold to as Christians, the sanctity of life and other things like that, that you're like, oh, my goodness, like, they're doing this. Yeah. And though though it would be so 
difficult to just throw your hands up and say, I guess, whatever. I feel like I hear a lot of that, like, well, we just got to ride it out. Like, I guess the Lord will take it. Like, and there's a little bit of truth behind that, but we can still get out and vote for people like that, mm-hmm. that will, that will protect what we hold to as believers. Like, get involved. If you are really are, uh, like, feeling strongly about it, then the Lord has given us authority, like, placed over us, but he's also given us means to influence it, especially yeah. in America. And I think it's a beautiful thing that we do get to, you know, get out there and do our best to put someone in a civic office, you know, small beans or big beans. Sorry, I got myself with that. Small, or baked beans. Or baked beans. But, you know, small or big, uh, local county city to your whole nation, you know, there we can't influence it. That yeah. doesn't mean it's always going to go right, but when it goes right, you praise the Lord for it. But when it goes wrong, you say, Lord, this is your will. Yeah. And you're going you are subject to the Lord first and firm fir- first and foremost, excuse me. Well, yeah, and like whereas suffering, I guess in this circumstance is an extreme because this applies to extremes, that means it also applies when there aren't extremes. Mm-hmm. Where um like there's definitely been leaders throughout history that are way worse than our current ones. Nero. Um Nero, yes. But the Lord still calls us to obey our leaders and that is honorable on the side of him yeah so uh, even even when it when it's the toughest to obey leaders and it's not infringing on the gospel truths that we hold to i think that's the most important time to humble yourself and show true humility and subject yourself to the authorities placed over us because they're placed there by the lord and our goal first and foremost is to honor the Lord. So if we can do that by simply, you know, not, I think what this looks like practically is not outright bashing people and outright just saying, that's wrong. I hate that. I can't believe he's doing that. Yeah. Acting not necessarily physical rebellion, but mental rebellion in, in whoever. I don't, you know, it doesn't matter what office somebody's in. I mean, it could be Someone at if you work at a YMCA and your boss says we're gonna do this and you're like man that's so dumb I can't believe that why are we doing it this way that's that's dishonorable like yeah the whether it's your boss at a small beans job or it is the leader over your country just total total subjection now like I said so, like being subject not you know placed under a foot, but humbling yourself. Because if you practice that humility like we've just talked about, you know, that will transfer. If you have if you have a friend, a family, relative, anybody who, you know, can get a little harsh and you're like, oh my goodness, like that's like that's the nation we live in. That's the leader of our country. You know, you can say, man, you know, I I have my own thoughts about that. But first and foremost, I just I want to make sure that I'm subject to the authority the Lord placed over me so that I'm honoring him first and foremost, and I just want to be humble towards that. Then other people will see that. Yeah, and I felt really convicted lately just because 
Um, like, even just that video going around of uh, Joe Biden tripping up the stairs, I'm like, haha, what an idiot. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, how often do I pray for that guy? Like, there will oh, be a man. day um, for everyone where they'll stand before the Lord and praise Him and honor Him and give Him glory. But also, like, everyone's an eternal soul, and you're either going to spend uh, eternity in heaven with God if you are one of His children, if you accept Him as your Savior, or you're going to spend eternity in hell if you reject God. Um, yeah. That's just the same for everybody. Reality. And, like, I'm so quick to say that ha, our leader's a dummy because he can't walk up some steps. Something that simple. But really... We need to be the very least in prayer for our leaders. Um, small beans, big beans, or baked beans, Amen. or pinto beans. <laughs> pinto beans. Whew. Even jelly beans. Not the jelly beans. Yes, I said jelly beans. Goodness gracious. Yep. So, podcast listeners out there, man, if you hold to the teachings of Christ and you call yourself uh, a follower of Christ, man, pray for our leaders. Join us. We'll be praying for them. Just take this next week and dedicatedly pray for our country, for our leaders, big and small beans. Yep. Man, that was a good discussion, man. I am glad that we talked about that. I agree. I feel it's good It's good to cut up every now and then, but, man, it's also really good just to focus in for a little bit. I agree. Man, I think that about does it for what we had lined up, man. Well, what we got going on next week? Come next on. week. Ladies and germs, uh, we will have our very first special guest. Our very first special guest will be Adam Long. Man, old Schmedley himself. Old Schmedley. Adam Long is actually my father. My full name is Connor Long. Yep. His name is Adam Long, which means, I guess it means we're related. I'd assume so. You know, safe, safe guesstimate. Um, but he's going to come on. He's a very cool dude. He is a, a respected tradesman in my eyes. He was served in the union uh, as an electrician for 20-some-odd years. Um, he's worked hard and given me a, a Christ-following uh, mountain of a man thing, example to follow. Um, but I, he also grew up skateboarding and living the crazy life um, in Atlanta. Um, so it would be good to hear some stories from him. Yeah, and he's definitely get, got a lot of stuff to talk about. He does, man. So I think next week... So many week, layers. Yeah, next week it will be it'll be a good episode. Uh, we might not cover a whole lot of topics, but we will get a good discussion with old Adam, and it'll be, it'll be a fun one, and it'll be pretty interesting. Hope you learn something new next week. All right. Well, we'll see you all next week. See you all. <laughs>